Okay, this is another episode of Drunk Advice with Katrina. Uh, I'm here with just me and Katie. We don't have any special guests today. Nope. Um, just to give you a quick rundown of how this works, you guys send in questions either through the online form on drunkadvicewithkatrina.com or on socials, which you can follow very easy, Drunk Advice with Katrina, um, on Instagram and TikTok. You and can Facebook. And Facebook, yeah. So you can send in questions that way. I recommend through the Instagram and the Facebook because I do tend to see the messages that come in through TikTok. So send in questions through Instagram and Facebook and Katie will look at them. I don't see any of the questions until she reads them to me while I am drunk and recording. So every, everything you get from me is not prepared. It's just totally off the cuff. I've been sitting here drinking my usual rum and juice drink uh, and getting prepared. We also did a shot because, you know, I got started late today, so I really needed to, something to push me. So late. We're drinking afternoon today. <laughs> I just... I understand for other people it's not normal to be drunk at this time, but you know, this is a podcast. We gotta do what we gotta do. We gotta do what we gotta do. And yes, please, please send in your questions, your situations. Um, you don't have to take our advice, but we only have four questions this episode. So, you know, you, you will get on here and we will talk and talk and yeah. talk some more. And I mean, I can talk a lot, but also just like, you know, some questions that I've been getting in my day-to-day -day life is, like, about furniture and about, like, how to deal with coworkers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. All of that is good um, to send into the show as well if you don't need an immediate response because, obviously, you have to wait for the podcast to come out to get the response. So those questions are great. I love them. Um, obviously, you know, I, I answer a lot of relationship questions, life questions. I'm happy to answer all of them. I also love that I've been getting a lot of a lot more advice questions in my day-to-day -day life of just people asking for things like I feel like I'm building a brand here and this is my it's my favorite thing honestly <laughs> I mean I could ask you for advice on how to get men to take you seriously for context I took my car in to get the transmission fluid changed out because like that's a routine maintenance thing you have to do and the guy looked at me across the counter and went so who told you that your transmission fluid was dirty and I'm like I did I pulled the dipstick out like it's not hard, man. I pop the hood, I, I pull it out, I wipe it, I put it back in, and I read it. Like, I get that I'm a woman, but please? Yeah, honestly, anytime I've gone in for, like, car service, I've always been like, here's exactly what's, like, what's going on, and, like, here's what I need. And they always kind of look at me like I, like, grew another head, like, how do you know all this? And I'm just like, I, I get that I'm a woman, but, <laughs> but I actually, like, have had a car for a while now. Thank yeah. you. They tried to be like, oh, you need an oil change. And I'm like, I have an oil change packet, package, like a lifetime warranty one with a dealership. So, no, I'm not going to pay you $70 for an oil change that I, like, I need, but I can go do that on Monday for free over here. No. Ugh. Yeah. Never going back there. Don't go to the Amco in Northridge. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these, like, big name companies are real ripoffs. Like, you have to be careful with them. I tend to go to ones where, like, somebody recommended a specific mechanic and they're, like, these smaller shops because mm -hmm. I feel like they're... I had a great one near my old place, but I'm, like, farther away now and... Oh, yeah. I, I was also on a time crunch because you that don't want to fuck around with your transmission. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't tell you enough that Firestone gave me, like, they... I, was, I think they charged me, like a few hundred dollars to change my brakes and my rotors and I was just like this is the most I've ever paid for this like I, I it was like $500 and I was like I've never paid $500 okay, no, I to have my brakes for 350 at oil stop yeah I was like this is the most ridiculous thing that has ever happened to me I was like I've never paid $500 for this and I don't I can't even remember I don't even think it was the rotors I think it was just the brakes and I think no. I was like yeah it was just the brake pads and I was like in such a hurry and I was already there and there was nothing I could do because I was about to go on a road trip out of town and I was like I can't like search around for somebody to, like, 
give me a decent price, I just have to take this one. But I was so upset, because I was just like, this is... Because, like, for rotors, I get that, but just the brake pads? That should be, like, 50 bucks! But I will say, like, even for the rotors, like, I've had significantly less. Like, I don't think I've ever paid more than 200 usually to get my brakes and, ro and rotors changed. And then I went to Firestone, and I understand inflation, like, things have gone up, but $500, like, no. that was... And this was a couple years ago. So... Anyways, these big name companies I tend to avoid, and I usually go to, <laughs> you didn't ask for advice, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Yeah, I, I usually go to, like, the smaller mechanics, and I, and, like, if you have, like, I know you don't want to fuck around with your submission, but if you ever have the time to just be like, hey, do you guys have any recommendations, I, like, I do it. And, like, even if I have to drive a little bit for a good mechanic, I'll do it, because it's mm -hmm. better for the, it's just a better price. Yeah. No, there was one place that had really good reviews near me. I just, I called them on Friday, I didn't hear back, and this place called me back and could get me in today, which is a Saturday, and I... Yeah. Went for it. It's fine. It's fine. It's just money. It's fine. Yeah, I understand. And like the the benefit is that obviously we were gonna have to have me go up to Katie's and get drunk and record this podcast, uh, and then I'd have to just live there until I sobered up. Um, but now Katie got to come to me, so I can you know get a drink. Now as I I'm want. drinking, so you know there's that. <laughs> Don't tell them that you're my sober driver. <laughs> She's not. I'm still a drinking lot. less than you. I haven't been doing shots. <laughs> It's a vodka Red Bull. It balances out. Yeah, sure. It's somewhere, it's somewhere it equalized. Yeah, that's it. Caffeine and alcohol. It, it balances. It's fine. <laughs> Scientific facts right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe everybody shouldn't take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> but also do because they're delicious. Hey, I, you know what? Those are not my drinks, but I, I understand. Maybe you take a sip of this one because it's like a tropical fruit one. I'm going to mix so many alcohols now. I mean, I like the tropical fruit juice. Actually, yeah. yeah, that goes really well with the Red Bull. Yeah. But usually, like, the... It's the yellow can. Yeah. Usually, like, the regular Red Bull taste and the vodka don't mix well, but that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll so. take it. Anyways, we yeah. should probably move on to a question. I mean, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, first question that came in was, uh, my parents are going to come visit me in Los Angeles. Where should I take them to eat and to sightsee? Oh, dear God. Um... I wish my my immediate instinct is to recommend one of my friends to, to give you places to eat because he's so good at it, but you're asking me, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, if they like spicy, uh, I would go to Jitlada because it's, uh, it's well, it's known for its spice, but they have, like, a spice challenge there, but also it's uh, a place that Matt, I don't want to say his name wrong, Graining, the guy who does The Simpsons. Oh, Scott would know. I don't. I, I feel like it's, like, Graining or... I, I always say it wrong, but... Uh, the guy who does The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, the guy who does The Simpsons goes there, and he's, like, he, he's gone there enough that he every single time he's drawn a little cartoon while he's there, and they have them all over the restaurant. It's really fun and kind of cool. Um, I mean, they have some stuff there that's not spicy, too, but it feels like kind of a waste to go there if you're not into spice, like, unless you're really into, like, Matt Grinig, in which case, like... Go. I was about to say, Scott and I are about to go there when he listens to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've actually been meaning to take you all on, like, a trip. I think it'd be really fun to take everybody in that, because I think Raw would really enjoy it, too. Like, oh, yeah, probably. I Let's think it'd be it. fun to take, like, a little... And Eric. Yeah. A little trip over. I've been meaning to take everybody to Gelada, so we'll, we'll plan a trip for that. Um, where else? I mean, if they want fancy, I, like... Uh, another friend of mine just mentioned this one perch in downtown LA is really good for a fancy spot. Um, I would avoid most Italian food in LA. I have not found any really good Italian, and I think that in order to get really good Italian food here, you have to go for, like, really expensive, which I'm not going to do. So I would avoid Italian food in LA, but, like, obviously hit up some... There is a good Italian place um, in Santa Monica that's 
my partner's parents love going to, which is called Lavecchia, and they're actually reasonably priced. I will try it. I don't want to recommend it to people until I've tried it. I, I went the there. In the group. It was delightful for me. Um, they also took us up to Gladstone. So if you like uh, seafood up on the beach, Gladstone's does the fresh caught seafood very well. And they're closing next year. So it's good that we have you because I hate seafood. So I would have never recommended it. I'm not a huge seafood person either, but his family all is. So I went for Mother's Day. Yeah. Italian food is hard for me because like I'll... I'll go to, I, I sometimes cook, and I will go to a place, an Italian place, and most most of what I cook is Italian food. Yeah. So I'll go to an Italian place, and I'll eat it, and I'll go, my sauce is better. And, mm. and like, To be fair, you also have the gluten issues, too, which does diminish the quality, I think, of a lot of Italian food, because so much of it's flour-based. I mean, not necessarily, because, like, the sauce, like, the sauce True. isn't flour-based, and, and I'll taste it, and I'll go, the sauce is better that I make. And, like, most of the time, like, what they're swapping out is just, like, a pasta, and, like, that, you know, in the, like... In the experience of it, I will still be able to, like, taste the meat and the, the sauce and all of that stuff. The pasta is pretty similar. So, like, in general, like, it just kind of limits which kind of pastas I can have. But, like, I can still experience, like, what they're doing. And, and in general, I'll, like, if I go, if I go to an Italian place and I'm like, no, my sauce is better, I'm like, why did I, why did I pay to come here when I can make my own sauce for cheaper than this? Um sure. It just feels like such a waste to me. I And I, you know, I've talked to another friend, too, and he said that it's been really hard to find really good Italian food in L.A. I will say, like, the food, there's, like, some really great spots in Santa Monica if you're down to, like, throw out some money. Um, but, like, but then again, that's, like, you really have to be out to throw, like, down to throw out some money because those places are very expensive. But they're excellent. Um, and I and I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but just look at some places. Though. Yeah. Other than eating, where should they go sightseeing? Sightseeing, I would do um, the Griffith Observatory. Um, I still haven't been there. Oh my god, Katie! I've lived here for six years now. <laughs> we should go. Whoops. <laughs> we Can should... I go recreate La La Land? Am I allowed to do that? Um, the only there... reason to go places is to dress up. Actually, I will say, I don't know what the restrictions are right now, because when I was there, you couldn't go into the observatory hmm. because of COVID. So I don't know right now if you can go in. They have Alternately, I will dress up like Bones, because they use the external area of the observatory to film Bones. Well, there you go. Yeah, and there's actually, like, a lot of really interesting science-y stuff on the outside. I'm trying to remember what it was, but, like, Yay, they... science. I think they, like, set up... All of, like, there's, if you look on the ground when you're walking around, and I might be making this up entirely, so, like, go with me on it anyway. Um, but I think that they set up, it's, there's something on the ground in terms of spatial, and, like, they, they either set up, like, the, I'm trying to remember words right now. <laughs> Good, the shots work. <laughs> um, is the right ratio of, like, dis of distance, um, from, I, I'm trying to remember if, like, this, the Griffith Observatory itself is, like, the center of, of the universe, or, like, where they set it up, but I think they, like, they put the planets, like, in alignment, like, around, like, they, oh, they did something cool. with the, they did something with the lines around the observatory, and I'm, I might be misremembering what, what it is, it's either that, or it's something to do with, um, the globe, or whatever, but there's something to do with the, there's, like, lines on the ground, god, I haven't been there in so long, um, but go to the Griffith Observatory, and if you could get, like, a tour, that would be the best, because somebody will give you this information. Um, I did a hiking tour, and I'm trying to remember who, who it was with, but it was really fun because they also took us, like, through, um, you know, you, you do, like, a little bit of, like, just, hey, here's what the hiking through Griffith Park is like, and then they took us into, like, a little bit of the surrounding town, which I don't know what is that, Los Villas there? Maybe. Um, and there was, um, what's that, who's that fam famous architect? 
Frank Lloyd Wright? Yes, actually, that's correct. Yay! Um, yeah, there was a Frank Lloyd Wright house uh, that they took us, like, outside of, and um, I'm trying to remember if it was his son or him that designed it, but either way, it's actually been used in, like, a number of things, including Buffy. Um, nice. So, yeah, so it's worth going to, so that's fun. Um, Only because of Buffy, not because of Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, we don't care about anything else besides Buffy. Uh, but, but it's kind of fun. Like, if you can get, like, a little walking tour, that's good for you. Um, sightseeing, where else? I mean, I go to Universal a lot. It's not really sightseeing, but, like, go if you're down to do amusement parks, uh, Universal's fun for, I would say, half a day. Um, it might be the full day if, there's, if it's a really busy day and you have to wait in lines. Um... What else can you sightsee around here? I'm a hiker, so I just want to, like, recommend hiking trails, but I feel like that's not what you're looking for. Um, I would say avoid, like, Hollywood Boulevard, like, drive through, look at the things, don't walk down it, uh, with the exception of Scum and Villainy. Yeah. Because we love that. And the Pantages, which I think has Moulin Rouge at it right now. Also, the Chinese Theater is worth going by. Um, that's true. It, well, last time I went, it was blocked off, so you couldn't go read the names or the footprints unless you were going in to see a movie. Oh, alright, we'll, we'll book a movie at the Chinese Theater. There you go. <laughs> um, and you can go in and, and check it out. Um, I think that's worth going by. Um, what else? Oh, in Chatsworth, there's that, what was that famous serial killer? He had the cult. Uh, Charles Manson? Yeah, yes. So his, his, I don't think you're actually allowed on the property, but like, if you want to break in, um, <laughs> because, uh, do crimes. I think they actually used the property to film, what is it, uh, that movie with, um... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes, that's the one. Thank you. The alcohol is really working today, guys. Um, <laughs> thank God Katie's here. <laughs> I've actually seen that movie, and that is the only reason I know that. It's a great movie, by the way. Well, it's weird, because, like, I didn't know the story going in. Like, I, I'm young enough that I just completely did not know the story going in, and I'm, like, watching it, and I'm like, what the heck is this? And my mom's like, wait, you didn't know that? And I'm like, no? What? And wait, I went down a whole conspiracy really? theory rabbit hole. It was fun. I was just so excited to find out that I, I guess I didn't realize I used to, so I used to work in Chatsworth, mm. um, before they closed our offices and we obviously went to a remote work, but so I, I used to work right near where the farm was and I, I kept going, or the ranch rather, not farm, I keep, so I was, I was near there and I kept going after work one day, I should just go and like check it out and I never did, but so if you have an opportunity, like go, go do it and break in, like I feel like that's I don't worth it. anything cool, except my, my office is a block away from where my grandfather's church used to be in the 60s. My, my grandfather's a pastor. He ran the first uh, integrated church in the valley in the 60s. Oh. Uh, and the building got demolished and the land got donated to one of the congregants. And so the building that's there is named after this black man who used to go to church there. Well, that feels historically relevant. Yeah. yeah. What's cool. the church? Oh, what was the name of it? I'll have to tell you later because I do not remember off the top of my head. I was not born yet. I was born a good 30-some years later. Listen, we're trying to give them places to sightsee that felt historically relevant. The I corner like... of Foothill and Van Nuys and Bacoima. Have fun. <laughs> the church is not there anymore. So. Oh, never mind. Never mind. All right. All right. What are, what are other good places to sightsee? I mean, obviously, you're going to want to go to downtown LA a little bit, but there's... Uh, what's the... Wandering around Chinatown or Koreatown. Um, not Koreatown. Just Chinatown. Chinatown would be good. It's yeah. pretty. It's fun to wander through there. There's also, like a lot of little places. Food. Yeah, a lot of good little places to stop in. Food there. Um, I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely do DTLA a little bit. Obviously, the, the Santa Monica Pier. Yes. Um, hit the boardwalk. There's Ferris wheel. There's a little roller coaster. Just hang out. I mean, perfect beach weather right now. It's been in the 90s here in the valley, but it's, it's probably in like the 75, 80s down there and that's just that sounds delightful let's go to the beach uh also if you're i could because i want to bring it back to hiking um <laughs> 
There's some great trails in Malibu, um, so it's a little bit of a drive, but it's totally worth it because their, their trails are gorgeous. I used to go to Escondido Falls, um, uh, I would look it up, it's, it's, there's like some, there's a small parking lot, but then there's also like parking down the street, uh, and then you, it's, you walk up basically a street, and at the end of the street it'll say private, like private property, just ignore it, and you go in and there's a trail on your left, and you follow that trail down, uh, and you'll come to a waterfall, that waterfall's cute, if you want to keep going and exploring more, there's another trail up further to like, uh, kind of the waterfall above that waterfall, and that one is even more interesting to look at. I don't know how the water is right now. I just did Switzer Falls recently, and, like, it was a trickle, and I was actually really sad because... Switzer, not Schweitzer Falls? Oh, That's a Disney joke. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Schweitzer Falls is the in the Jungle Cruise when you go around and they're like, this is Schweitzer Falls, named after the famous archaeologist, Dr. The... Albert Falls. <laughs> that's funny. When you see the backside of, wa of water. Yeah, that's Schweitzer Falls. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I can do the whole Jungle Cruise spiel by heart. Don't ask me to do it. I will. It will take ten minutes. I mean, I went with somebody who could do it and literally was sitting next to me mm. doing it, like, trying to say everything before they said it. Well, but they change the jokes, so you can't... You, you have to guess what joke they're going to tell. Once they start the joke, though, you can usually finish them. That's fair. Because there's, like, four different elephant jokes. That explains why some of them are incorrect. But, yeah. Anyways. I feel like that was some good... I feel like we've given some, some sightseeing things. Anything else yeah. that's really important? Long Beach Aquarium... Yeah, sure. There's well, some science so museums, far. the Getty, um, Skirball Center. Oh, yeah, how come I didn't mention any museums? Jesus, what's wrong with me? Um, Museum of Broken Relationships, is that still around? The the Academy, I don't know about that one. The Academy Museum is fun, um, It's a, and that's, like, a really quick trip, because um, it won't take your whole day, but it's also it right next not. to the LACMA. So LACMA! You could, so you could do both. And then the Tar Pits, the La Brea Tar Pits. They're also there, and the uh, Automobile Museum is right there, too, across cool. the street. So you can make, like, a, you can, you can make a several-day trip out of just going to that little area um but but yeah most of them you can kind of walk through. the charbits don't take that long either i was no, more interested in like the outside and then they have like a little museum that you could go they into have a little museum but honestly just walk around the outside i've been inside that museum and it's kind of yeah, I have been too. Um, but yeah, it was just the the tarpets are sort of the more interesting part, and they have a lot of information on yeah, them. Yeah, you're gonna spend money on something. Spend money to go into LACMA or the Academy Museum. Agreed. Um, so yeah, so good. We covered we covered museums also. I can't believe I forgot about those for a right? minute. <laughs> I blame the alcohol. I was always like, oh, hiking, <laughs> hiking. All Katrina does. She drinks. She records podcasts. She goes hiking. I really do like hiking. It's occasionally she works. <laughs> she plays with her cats. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't do anything else. No, no, uh, no, um, no other gatherings. No movies. No okay. movies. So many movies. I know. I, four. I know. I have a list, so I go to the movies a lot too. I I don't actually I still need to see Elvis. That's what I. Still I haven't see. seen Elvis yet either. Uh, also, Where the Crawdad Dead Sings just came out, and mm. that is very controversial because I think the author is, like, she's she's wanted for questioning <laughs> for a murder case, I think. Like, somebody went missing. It's a whole big thing. And I think there's, like, racism that's been, like, she's been tied, like, tied to or whatever, and oh I don't really goodness. know all the details. I don't think it's, like, evident when you read the book, and I don't think it's evident in the movie, but I think it's just, like, all this history based on the author. And so a lot of people have been kind of going, like, oh, do I go see this movie? Do I not go see this movie? I think because Taylor Swift did a song for it, I'm naturally going to go see it. I have A-list I feel like it's, you know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not really paying a lot of money to, to see it, so I'm going to go yeah, see it. I still it. need to see Lightyear, I still need to see Elvis, might see that. Saw Thor, because I had to, because spoilers. Enjoyed it. Thor is probably one of my least favorite franchises in Marvel, but I enjoyed it. I love Natalie Portman. I love Jane Foster. 
I Thor is fun. I think in terms of yeah, in terms of the Marvel franchises, I would say that Thor I usually just think of as a fun time. And less Yeah, if you go into it thinking it's gonna be a fun time, like there's some emotional moments, but it's it, it felt like there were too many jokes in it for me, it's, personally. It's light. Thor is light. It doesn't go very deep. I hated Ragnarok because I thought they were pushing the comedy too far. That's I'm going to get so many hate comments for that. It's fair. I, I I genuinely think that, like, most of the time Thor does not go very deep. I think that's just, like, that's been the Thor franchise. Like, it's not, it's not Captain America. Like, Captain America has more depth. And then it's not obviously, like, Black Widow, which was, like, or about... WandaVision. Yeah, or one Yeah, which is, like, these things have, like, real-life parallels, um... And Even Doctor Strange had a emo more emotional depth, I think. Well, the new one did. The old the one... The first one, I think, did... It, it was focused around a white man, so that sucks, but, like, he he's did... He's so entitled. He's so entitled. He's such a Slytherin. Yeah, he's he's a, an entitled white man, and I just kind of was, like... I, it was I, fun to watch him get broken. I kind of wanted him to just stay that way. Because, like, him getting, like, a superpower and being able to, like, be this masterful wizard... But that's what sets up the second one, is then him realizing that he didn't actually get broken as much as he thought he did, and, like that he needs to humble himself. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's really important and I think I love that the what if series has done mm. this and and like the latest ones have done this where they raise this this point that in other universes he could very he so easily becomes the evil. He's so easily the bad guy because I think like that's that's so important because mm -hmm. he is an entitled white boy and in our society they're so often the bad guy. And that is what the Disney Plus series has, have been pushing so hard. WandaVision the real bad guy was the white sword director, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Who was the bad guy? John Walker. Like... Yeah. I mean, I think it really, like, because I, you know, the the so first... For she -Hulk. The first Doctor Strange... Oh, yeah, I can't wait for She-Hulk. The first Doctor Strange, I think, for me, felt like I gl it glossed right over that, and it gave him an easy out. And I really like that these other ones have given a lot of depth to that, where it's like, look, any, like, if he easily made these other choices... He could have he could have so easily been this evil sorcerer, and I think that that's important because I I think that that entitlement often like so often in in what we experience um, goes wrong goes that way, and and not to say like I do like I know a lot of like white privileged males who are aware of it and try to use their privilege to help others and have tried to like stay on top of it and you know like really tried to give back and I you know just to give credit to that of course I think it's possible of course I like I see that that happens but I just I it was hard for me watching the first Doctor Strange to have any sympathy for him and um, and care about his character at all, and I just like that they have this, like, depth now of, oh, look, he could have easily been evil, because I think that that, that really adds to it, because, like, because a lot of, you know, and not, not to say that I don't love them, but a lot of my privileged white male friends could easily have been evil, they could easily have gone down a different route, and, and they chose not to, and it's those choices that matter, um, and it's true for white women, too. Yeah, no, it's true, I mean, it's, Less, it's, but still true. There's a lot of evil white women out there. Yeah, it's technically true. Like, if you really get on this, it's technically true for everyone, right? But, like, obviously we're on a gradient, and, like, privileged white men first, and then privileged white women next. Um, and then underprivileged white men probably under them. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so we go down, like, you know, like, we go down, like, the whole scale of it, and obviously we all have the potential for evil, but um, I just feel like so many villains in our real in our real life are these privileged white men. Um, and I, and it's, 
it's important to acknowledge that 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 line is really there and easy to cross. Way to answer a question that wasn't even a question. Woo! Listen, I just you know what you gave me alcohol. You brought up you brought I brought up horrible. Here we are. All right, question number two. Uh, relationship question. Your favorite. I love these. Uh, this one was actually amended by our asker. They asked it and then they sent in a second one going, I need to amend this so that I can really frame this correctly. So are you going to, like, read the first question and then the second? Or? Um, they just added a, a chunk to it, so I'm going to read the whole thing, which is, how do I ask respectfully, sensitively, seriously, but with no pressure, if my partner would be interested in a threesome? And then, and that's the whole thing? That's There's, the whole thing. Okay. I mean, I think... I think you just ask, but, but like, if, like, with no, like, really no pressure, you want to make sure that you're saying, like, this isn't a deal breaker, this isn't important, mm -hmm. it's something I'm, uh, I have this fantasy, it's something I'm interested to explore, but I don't need to explore it, I just wanted to put it out there, because if we could both be interested in it, then that's something that we could do together. I don't think it has to be, I, I don't know if it has to be scary to ask. Um, I, and, I, and I think if it is a little scary to ask, you should maybe consider why um, and start looking at your relationship. Because there's a lot of different, there's always going to be like lots of different things that we all have fantasies about that um, you might want to bring up sexually. And I think that you shouldn't be afraid to do it as long as the context is this is something that I, you know, like, I'm curious about, but it's not a big deal. Like, if you don't want to do it, it really isn't a big deal, and, like, that's fine. It was just something I was curious about, and I would thought about exploring it with, the, with you. I still love you. Like, I'm not, it's not that you're not enough for me. It's not that I'm, like, interested, like, I need another person in the relationship. It's just a sexual kink that I wanted to, like, see if you were into. And if you're not into it, that's totally fine. Yeah, definitely. Keep hitting that. It's not a uh, Ross and Carol on Friends situation where she's got a very specific person in mind for the threesome. Oof. Don't don't go into it with a specific person in mind for the threesome. Don't yeah, do it. That's, 100%. That's if that's... If, if you're going into it, like, if, you're, if you have a specific person in mind, then you're already questioning your relationship and that's not okay. And then you're questioning it in a way that you're, like making your partner have to sit there while you explore your options with somebody else and, like, watch and participate in it. That's really not okay. I So I love that we have some sort of uh, popular, like, media involved in every conversation. Always. Um, usually it's How I Met Your Mother. I, I am not familiar with Friends, although the Planned Parenthood I've been going to recently has um, always has it on the screen there is like playing some sort so I've, I've watched some friends episodes recently the it's from the very beginning ross in the very first episode is getting a divorce because it turns out his wife is a lesbian they show at some point when he was trying to save their marriage that he's like offering options to like spice up their love life and one of the things he brings up is a threesome and she goes yes that immediately and brings in this woman that she eventually leaves him for. Um, and then it's fun because she also gets pregnant at the very end. So, like, they're getting divorced, but they have a son together. Uh, Yay. It's Ross. It's fine. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm not super familiar with Friends. But I, I am aware of it. Um, but also, yeah, definitely, like, I can't... I, I would recommend not having a threesome with somebody you know. Um, I would recommend... Third person should always be a stranger, according to Gossip Girl. Yeah, I would find a... I would find a... I would find a stranger for that. Um, somebody new, definitely, to bring in. Because if it's somebody you know, it's gonna be weird. There's just, like... I, there's almost no way around that. And people will say, like, no, it won't be weird. It'll be no, it'll be, it'll be weird. 
yeah, so I wouldn't do it. And also, like, <laughs> like, how are you going to have that conversation where you, like, say, yeah, I want to have a threesome. Hey, what about so-and-so? Because then immediately your partner's going to go, you've been thinking about them. Like, you're attracted to this person. And then it just gets, it. there's, like, no way it's not awkward. Yeah. Um, like, just, just let that go and do it with a stranger. But, like, I definitely would bring it up in, in the context of it's just, like, it's a, you know, it's kink, it's a porn that I've watched a bunch of, like, threesomes, and it's uh-huh. something I'm interested in trying, and if you're not, that's totally cool. I can live without it, but are you interested in But it? are you interested? Yeah, I wanted to see, like, if we happen to both be interested, then it would, you know, it's something that maybe we could explore. Uh-huh. If we're not both interested, then it makes sense Bring not it to. up as healthy communication. Yeah. Like, that, that's what it should be. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it. You should be able to communicate your desires to your partner. All right. Uh, This one actually just came in. We had already started filming, and it popped up. Ooh, fun. Yeah, Uh, which is an interesting one as people who are drinking right now. How do you explain that you don't drink without feeling like you're a downer or bringing down the mood? Oh, you don't have to. And uh, honest, like, you can just say, like, no, I don't drink. You don't have to explain it. It's up to you if you want to give them, if people a reason. If people respond poorly to that... Don't be around those people because it's like, it's, it's genuinely really shitty for people to, to pressure you into doing something that you don't do and to just not accept a no. You should always like, people should be very down to accept a no. Um, and anybody who doesn't, and like, this is in any context, anybody who doesn't accept a no or expects a reason for it is an asshole. And I, and I, and I say this knowing that, like, there are lots of people who are still learning and growing as a society. There's lots of people who, like, probably are wondering why and, like, whatever. And, like, there's nice ways to ask why. But you can, like, they can say, like, oh, do you mind telling me, like, why? No pressure to drink. But, like, just, just curious. Like, there's, like, nice ways to do it where it's just, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious and you don't have to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I think that those no pressure situations are fine. But if somebody's, like oh, come on, it's just a drink, like, have a drink with us, you're no fun. Like, fuck those guys. Like, you can have whatever reason you want. I've had a lot of people in my life who don't drink for various reasons. Like, mm-hmm. either A, like, they've had, you know, people in the past in their family who it's, like, gen- like, because alcohol is genetic. genetic. Yeah. So, like, they've had a lot of people in their, in their, his- their, their history who have alcoholism and they were like yeah I don't want to I don't even want to risk it like I don't want to go down that, down that path and that's fine if you are on antibiotics and you can't drink you don't have to tell you like yeah. I'm just not drinking tonight medication diabetes you yeah. can't drink if you're diabetic or you have to be very very careful if you do or if you just don't want to or like there's like a ton of reasons I have a friend now, who's or- a 30 some year old gay man who just has never liked drinking does not like how he feels when he drinks so he doesn't drink and in gay culture, that's, like, a big faux pas, and he gets so much shit for it, and he's like, why? And so he ends up hanging out with a lot of straight girls, because we're just like, okay, are you okay with us drinking? Yeah? Cool. That's interesting. So, I just wanted to also point out, there was a, a, a festival that I went to called Some of Us Festival, and they're they're doing it again next year, um, and the whole point of Some of Us Festival is that a lot of Pride events... Um, during the month of Pride are very focused around alcohol. There's just always alcohol involved. And they wanted to have, like, a space that was sort of focused more on self-care and just uh, meeting new people um, and really, like, connecting with the community in a way that's not based on substances. And that was a really great experience and a really fun thing to do. And I, like, I just want to say, like, in, like, in that community, there's definitely people out there who are feeling the same, that same way and, uh, who do want to connect. And so, like, A, that's one thing to look up, but B, also just, 
I think it's really important that if anybody does give you grief about not drinking, that you, like, A, point it out to them, like, that's not okay, and B, like, like acknowledge to yourself, like, this person's being an asshole, that's not on you. Um, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, ever. Just mm -hmm. ever. You don't ever have to do something you don't want to do. Um, and it doesn't make you less cool, it doesn't mean that you can't, like, fit in and hang out. Like, you can have, like, a mocktail, you can have water, you can have something in your hand so that you're sitting there, like, you know, drinking with them but that you're not drinking alcohol. Yeah. So that you're not, you know, but, like, you don't have to be consuming, like, alcohol's literally a poison. If you don't want to consume poison with your friends, you don't have to do that. That's fine. I, like, I say as I drink my poison. <laughs> Unless I, I drink, but I also, I don't smoke, um, at all. And I definitely, I remember them being the, uh, you get those feels when you're a kid of, like, they're gonna push you to do weed and do drugs and stuff. And my experience as an adult, I have had a couple pushy people who are not in my life. I never liked them because they tried to push it on me. But most of the time if someone's like, oh, we're gonna smoke, I'm like, cool. Have fun. I'm gonna sit over here. I ended up at a birthday party for someone that I planned, organized, and threw. Everyone else went to smoke, and I just sat there watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off on the TV by myself. I would hang out with you. So yes, I would have. I, I mean, I, I am allergic, as it turns out, to weed. So I'm not allergic, allergic, but if I'm around it for too long, I do get headaches. That's fair. Um, I also like. I just don't like being around smoke because I have asthma and it does get really irritated. A lot so of my it. friends would do edibles and that, that bugged me a lot less because obviously I can't tell. And I've done edibles, but the last time I did edibles, I got way too far gone. I was in Disneyland. It was a bad time. Haven't done that since 2018. Yeah, it's fair. Edibles make me very sick because of the whole allergy thing, but <laughs> I just can't oh, do it. sorry. They, they can make gluten-free edibles. No, it's not gluten. It's, it's oh, because the, it's the actual cannabis. Yeah, yeah I'm allergic. <laughs> I'm allergic to weed. So it's fair. Hey, if anyone ever asks, you can just lie and be like, I'm allergic. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. There's your answer. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a quick second because I want to get more drink. Cool. All right. Drink has been refilled. Yay. Let's do one more question for this one. Uh, this one's a bit of a longer one. I love that. Okay. How do you console someone who has lost someone they love, but you didn't know that person very well? This yeah. keeps happening in my life a lot, and I still don't know the right protocol other than hugs and trying to hold space for them. That's perfect. You don't have to know the person. Um, you don't have to be like, like, yeah, I'm grieving with you. Like, that doesn't ha that's not a requirement. Uh, and in fact, it makes it harder, because then you would need comfort, too. Um, the thing about grief is that there's nothing that's going to make it better, right? Like, I think we need to accept off the bat, like, there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to make it hurt less for this person. They're, they're going to need that space and time to just grieve. Um, grief is big. Bad things happen. There's not, you can't find a why. You can't, like, you can't fix it. This is, like, this is gonna just take a lot of time. And the way that I always contextualize grief is that it's not that it ever goes away and it doesn't get smaller. What happens is that we build our lives bigger around it so that it doesn't feel like it takes up so much space anymore. So I like to describe it like I, I, I do this metaphor of like a house. Like if you say that you have, like we all start with a room when we're first born. We all have a room. Mm -hmm. That's our room. And something happens and it fills with grief. 
And grief will demand that it takes that space. If you try to contain it to, like, a little corner or something like that, it's just gonna, like, it's it's gonna creep out, it's gonna fill up the space, it might explode out at you. It's gonna demand the space that it's gonna, that it's gonna demand, and there's nothing you can do about it. Grief will, will take up the amount of space that it feels like it deserves. So grief is just gonna take that space. So the only thing that you can do then is build on your house. You make the house bigger. So, and that takes a lot of time. Um, it takes a lot of time to keep building your life around it so that at some point that room's always still there. It's in your house. And if you enter that room, you're going to feel it as sharply as if it just happened. It's still there. You're still going to be so sad. You're still going to grieve. It's, it's always with you, but you can build a bigger life around it. And eventually you have a life, like you have a house that's like so full of different things. You have different rooms for different activities and like different feelings and whatever. Like this is my metaphor for life. Like you have a very like colorful house that's just full of all of these different experiences and, and, and this world that you have, that you have space for the grief and you have space for other things as well. But when, when somebody's first grieving, it fills everything so that you don't have space for anything else besides that grief. And it's a matter of time to build something around that so that you do have space for other things. Um, so, so that's sort of how I contextualize grief. I think like when it comes to comforting somebody with it, like literally just leaving the space for them is one of the best things that you can do and just being there for them. Um, and like, there's going to be things that they, they're not, especially right at, right away. If somebody just died and they, you know, they're they're It's a, it's a really fresh wound. Um, there's going to be things that they forget to do for themselves or don't know how to do, do for themselves. So buy your friend groceries, like don't ask, Hey, what do you need? Um, send them a meal, send them some groceries, like do send them care packages. Um, if they need to go to something, um, because you know, if it, if it was somebody close to them, like, like familial and they're like involved in having to plan the funeral and stuff like that, you can offer to go with them and be a support. You can offer to hang out afterward. Um, one thing I've done is like on the anniversary of the death of someone, I've been like, Hey, like, do you have somebody to spend that day with? And if not, like, I, I will come and be with you and I'll bring you food and make sure that you, you know, eat and survive the day. Um, stuff like that, that just like, don't ask them what they need because they, like, that's another chore is in order to like tell you what they need. That's like a whole other thing. They have to figure it out and like what you can do for me. They're just going to say like, oh, nothing, but thank you for it. Like, I appreciate the sentiment. Like, if you really want to help, just do it. Just do things. Um, do things for them that, you know, like, you know that you would need or that they need, like, based on, like, how well that you know them. Um, and just really hold that, I think, like, holding that space for them is honestly one of the biggest things that you can do. Let them cry, let them be sad, don't expect them to not be sad. There's not a thing that you're gonna say or do that's gonna make them not sad. They're sad. And they have every right to be. Grief is so hard and it's so big. Uh, and that's, and there's not really nothing that can be done about that until they can learn to like build the space around it. And that takes a lot of time. And like I said, even like once you have built that space around it, you know, like every time that you reenter that space, like the space with that holds all that grief, it's still so fresh. It's still just so, it's so consuming. Grief, grief is a, grief is a really big and hard thing to deal with. And I think that this like applies to a lot of things. And I you know, like grief isn't just for losing 
somebody that you love. Like, grief can be, you grieve breakups, you grieve, um, people who have abused you that you have to let go of. You, like, there's a lot of instances in your life where you're going to grieve or people that you love are going to be grieving something, and I think the same advice applies to that as well. Uh, grief, grief is allowed. It's, it's not something that there's anything that you can say that will make it better. We just have to accept that bad things happen and it sucks and you have to sit in it for a minute. You have to sit in the fact that this really is awful for just a while while you learn to build the space around it to let some other light in, to let room, like to build room for other things and for joy to come back. Um, and it's actually really good for you to sit in the grief because if you try to deny it, if you try to repress it in any way, it's, it's not like it's, you're never going to get over it. You just carry it with you for like, it's, it's something you can't process unless you've really sat in it for a little bit. And so let them sit in it, be there for them, let help them process it. And that is the healthiest way that they can get through this. Don't expect them to ever just be like, yeah, I feel better now. Thank you so much for being here with me. Like, that's not, that's not realistic. They're not going to really feel better, but they are going to feel supported. And that's the best thing that you can do is just give them the support they need and like, make sure they're not alone in their grief. I think that's, I think that's the best you, grief is just such a big, it's such a big thing. It's very, it's very all consuming. But I, any, any attempt to make it seem like it's not, or like if you're in a position where you're feeling like I, you know, I want them to feel better and they feel pressured to, to try to act like they're feeling better for you, then, then you're not helping. Um, like give, be, be the space where they can cry and be the space where they can just be themselves and have that, that emotion. Yeah. It's a, one of my friend groups in college lost a friend that had dramatically exited the friend group with a whole bunch of very bad things. Um, and then he died a couple years later. And so they were all dealing with conflicted feelings about it. And that's, it's hard to be the person who doesn't know it when everyone else is grieving, doesn't know them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everything Katrina said, hold space for them, be there as much as you can and don't put your own expectations on them. Yeah. Grief is going to be big and it's going to be long and everybody's timeline is different. And people do weird things, too, when they're grieving. Like, people, it can change in an, an entire character, like, how you behave. Um, like, people, it, it, there's, there's something called grief brain, too. You know, my grandmother was going through this after my grandfather died, uh, in 2021. Um, so, it, it can make you be really forgetful. Uh, it can make it hard to function on a daily basis because you're just, you're just not thinking anymore. Like it, it's so, grief is very all consuming. It takes up so much. Um, and, and so yeah, I, I would recommend that you actually do look up grief brain cause it is, it's a real thing. Like that's like, you can be so affected by it that you can't think straight. Um, and so I think it's really just important that you don't put any pressure on somebody to be, to be okay. Um, or to, to feel better. You just give them that space for as long as they need. And it might be a year. It might be longer. It might, you know, it takes, it takes time. Um, and the first time that they laugh, it's going to feel funny. You know, like they're, they're going to feel like, like mm -hmm. it's not appropriate for them to be laughing right now. You know, like it's, it takes time for like that, that space to come back where you feel like it's okay to start living your life again. So 
just give them give them as much support as you can and give them time. And it can be hard to be patient and you can be okay knowing that. Like also take care of yourself. Don't give everything, I think, to them. Like be there for them, but take care of yourself too cuz it can be really draining if it's someone that you are very close to to have to live with that grief that isn't yours. Yeah. So. And I, yeah, tag team with your friends if you can. Um, but yeah, only give, you should only ever in any situation, give as much as you can safely without like expending too much of your, yourself because you do need to make sure that you're still maintaining your own health and mental health. That's it. That's it. I think this is a good question to end on for this episode. Um, sad question to end on for this episode, but, I will say, like, especially these past two years have been just full of, of grief. Um, I think a lot of people are, are going through this. Uh, like, I just, I don't, I feel like it's an unprecedented number of, like, I don't know if I said that word right, unprecedented number of people who are just, like, seem to be passing away very, like, on a personal level. And I, you know, I lost my bunny during the pandemic, which is not the same thing, but at the same time was really sad, and I think about him a lot. Um, but anyways, uh, I know, like, a lot of people, a lot of people are grieving. So, I'm just gonna, like, hold a, hold a moment for everybody who's, who's grieving. Um. I've been watching Big Brother this week, because it came back, and it's my summer show that I watch with my little brother. It's funny. Um. And the way that the host always signs off from the live shows is, uh, I'm Julie Chen Mumbez, love each other. Good night. That's lovely. And I'm like, that, that's a good sign off for right now. I know, because usually we sign off on, like, we're, like, laughing and stuff, and this is a really sad sign off. But, um, yeah, love each other. And be kind to one another. I'm just going to say this. I think that it's the smallest thing that we could do. Like, it's so simple and easy to integrate into your everyday life. It's just be kind because you never know what somebody else is going through. So just be kind. Um, and that's it. Thanks for coming to our show. Goodbye. <laughs>